The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. On this night when Dynamite had their most viewers ever. I feel like we need like an air horn drop or something. Uh, Mike, <laughs> I will get us starting in later. <laughs> stock up, stock down. Well, Joel, the first week with no NXT competition, AEW had a record-breaking night and let's start with the opening match here and more so the the new young bucks or the the old new new young bucks what what are we going with here <laughs> i'm going with the midlife crisis bucks <laughs> uh since they dropped eleven thousand dollars on shoes and then wore them in a wrestling match assuming that those are real um which i imagine they are you know i I think the young bucks probably went method there but uh yeah wrestling in eleven thousand dollar dior sneakers um not something i expected to see and i love the look um the young bucks you know they've been known throughout their career for bright colorful flamboyant wrestling attire Mm -hmm. and this was anything but this was muted this was, you know, monochromatic and, you know, I-, I thought it did an amazing job of conveying what we were about to see before it ever started. Uh, I was totally into this match. I was totally into the Young Bucks presentation. And uh, by the end of this match, I hate them. So I want bad things for them. And I think that's great. Yeah, I thought this I thought the sneakers said dork when I first saw them. I'm like, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> so, what's Dior? 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 What is that? Is that a brand? Dior. Yeah. Do, you Dior? don't know what? It's a high, high end fashion perfume. Um, I'm wearing. I, hey, dog. Shush. <laughs> I got the dog. I'm wearing a like Walmart, Target knockoff Celtics hoodie. Like, you think I know fashion brands? I barely, I only knew what the red heels were because of um, my old roommate. So, I mean, you are a sneakerhead though. And so I, I kind of expect that, you know, maybe you know a little something about this. But yeah, Dior is one of those, like, along with like Armani and Versace and Gucci, like, it's one of, it's like that tier of brand. Uh. See, I'm like on the I'm on like the Jordan brand level, you know, like I'll drop like 150 bucks for a pair of sneakers. I'm not dropping what I just Googled fifteen hundred dollars for a pair of Dior sneakers. So anywho, back to the Young Bucks. Um, Yeah, they they were dicks. They were assholes. You know, they their their fashion choices with the white leather jackets with with the white fur on it. Like I could totally see a, a. a dad in his mid forties try to squeeze into one of those. So I like the midlife crisis bucks. I think that's a great way to describe them here. Um, but yeah, the, the look, the attitude it's, we talk all the time. We've seen this stuff from them before outside of AEW. my first exposure to the bucks was in uh, ring of honor when they were heels. Um, so like I'm used to this. I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes over in on American television. Um, especially how annoying and how much I hate them with the good brothers and Kenny Omega, like Kenny Omega pisses me off every time he talks 
which I know is good. He's doing what he needs to do. Oh my God. They're so obnoxious. <laughs> they're so irritating. When, I don't when they're like out them. there cutting ostensibly shitty promos and they're like, Oh, that's a great promo brother. What a great stick man. And it's like, th- yeah. this is intentionally bad. And I love it. Like this is, this is exactly what they yeah. should be doing. What were they referencing to with danglers with, are they talking about the I thing on his mask? No idea. Or yeah. Headbands? I assume so. Like poor Marvez. Like, even though I do enjoy the weekly, how is Marvez going to be abused by the talent? He's the only one who really does like consistently. It's kind of also. Funny. Did you see Don Callis blatantly slapping his leg when he did the super kick? Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay, you know that's no been super... part of his whole yep. thing. You know, do not slap leg when you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. But anywho, I, 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 the heel turn. It's working. I didn't think they would go like I know heel turns when they happen. It's usually a a, a switch. It just turns on like two weeks ago. They were not doing this type of stuff. So it, I thought maybe it would be a little slower reveal, but whatever. It's working. I like that Kingston Moxley. They weren't on the show tonight. Pentagon wasn't on the show tonight. And the way that the match ended with um, Nick ripping off the mask, uh, I think extends this and makes it personal now. And I think we have our allies for Eddie Kingston and Moxley versus this new super group, which that's the one thing with factions. If you're a loner, you're fucked. So you need to get allies where you can. So I think it's shaping up exactly how we thought it is, but I, I like there's, there's nothing worse in Lucha Libre than someone taking off your mask. Like it's a big deal. And, that didn't that happen recently with Pentagon too? Didn't someone rip off Pentagon's mask or tried to? Uh, Pentagon and Phoenix tried to rip off each other's oh, masks. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So like we under, like AEW's a good job of establishing how like disrespectful that is. So I think yeah, I think we know where the lines are drawn here, and that will be our kind of our sides here moving forward. It kind of sucks that the Pinnacle and Inner Circle are going to be in a blood and guts match because I think I'd rather see these ten men. Uh, in a blood and guts match instead, because I think we would see people's bloods and guts. Yeah, I, I could totally see that being incredible, but I also feel like Phoenix, Penta, Laredo Kid, if he was involved, Pack, like these are guys who thrive on open spaces and being able to fly around and dive out of the ring and jump off of the ropes and do all of this kind of crazy stuff. It's harder to do that in the blood and guts environment. So I think it's actually a match that plays better into the pinnacle and the inner circle. Um, But I'm definitely more into this feud. So I think we're on the same page. Uh, I I really liked the match itself. I I thought the finish was great, Uh, but they did a good job of making it seem at times like possibly death triangle was going to come up with the win, which, you know, oftentimes when a team turns heel, you know, it's not uncommon to see them lose shortly after that. Unlike when someone turns face, usually they go on a winning streak when they turn face. So kind of interesting to see the way they booked this match. And I thought they did a good job. Um, I enjoyed the cold open that they had at the top of the show, kind of teasing that, okay, you're about to see something new, something different. And while the Bucks have done similar type stuff in their previous stints in new Japan and ring of honor and on the Indies, 
this felt like it was turned up to 11. Like this was over the top asshole, super aggressive <laughs> dickhead young bucks. So I- I'm yeah. really liking this. And uh, I hope that this feud does carry on and, you know, let's get Penta involved now that this is, you know, they, they really went after his brother um, in a way that's so disrespectful within the Lucha tradition. So yeah, lots and, to do here. And related, unrelated, the hangman page avoiding the question of Kenny Omega as the number one ranked competitor right now, I think kind of foreshadows that that's not happening anytime soon, that they got to let this larger feud play out and we'll get to hangman page, but he doesn't want to deal with that. Like I, I feel like they're building here as hangman page being like, I was right the whole time about these fuckers, <laughs> like, like about Kenny, about the bucks, like, and I don't want to deal with them until I re- like, until I literally have to. And, you know, I, I think, I, I think that's what we're going to see here over the next few months is that we may not have a true AW world championship match because we have this larger story building. I would love to see Paige get involved in a match involving the elite at double or nothing and then feud with them all summer long. Let's, you know, have him have to go through every single member of the group one by one before he gets to Kenny Omega and, you know, faces off with the final boss at All Out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the best way to go here with getting us the match that we want on the biggest stage possible, probably with a hell of a lot more fans in the arena. Yep. Come September. So I just think this writes itself and hangman page has a legitimate grievance something that he can come in and be the babyface hero with an emotional connection that really makes this feud stand out more than just you have a title and i want it this is personal on a lot of different levels so let's get there yeah yeah also side note i come to realization that the dark order now is just a, it's like a fraternity <laughs> it's just a fraternity we're gonna drink minus the toxicity <laughs> minus the toxicity but it's just a bunch of bros being bros like freaking john silver's like doing his rehab and trying to lift his shoulder up like and them all cheering like i got i got major frat vibes from these guys minus the toxicity so um joel anything about the bucks oh one last thing my spot of the match was that incredible destroyer off the rope rebound from nick jackson on phoenix holy crap Never seen anything like that in my life. It was so clean. It was impactful. Oh, it was wonderful. Too many spots in this match to really break down each and every one. It was it was a fantastic match. Pay-per-view level tag team match on TV. Agreed. So uh, we had a really good night, and we're going to give a stock up to the women's division. Uh, there were four different segments that had to do with different things, and that feels like a step in the right direction. We had a blow-off match between Red Velvet and Jade Cargill. I say blow-off, but this feud could continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Britt Baker cutting a promo. We had Thunder Rosa cutting a promo. Those two promos were not related to one another. And then we also got Chris Statlander making her in-ring return against Amber Nova in uh, a match that bodes well for her in-ring uh, return you know, as a, as a performer generally within this division, she looked really, really good. 
And uh, we got two good women's matches, two good women's promos. What more could you ask for on an episode of Dynamite? Yeah, and let's take into account that those four segments in the matches didn't involve the champion or the challenger or the kind of perceived challenger in Taekwondo. So minimum, there was 10 women, like eight women involved in the show that don't have a title going on. And that's our was our biggest complaint about the other wrestling company is they could not do women's feuds without the belt involved. So the fact that we have all these different stories growing and festering, um, I think is really exciting. And it's just going to make each of these women uh, bigger cells, bigger draws. And it's interesting, if Joel, I don't know if you saw today, but there was a big WWE release today. A lot of wrestlers got cut. It's their post-WrestleMania tradition, like <laughs> unlike any other. Well, there were a lot of women talent released. And I was talking to my buddy earlier. I'm like, does AEW really need to bring any more women in right now that aren't like maybe top shelf people? And we had a good conversation back and forth about which free agents we'd like to see. But six months ago, we basically like bring them all in, bring them all in. Let's see what they got. Like we just need bodies. We need talent. We need people with some name recognition. So the fact that today I was like, I don't know if they really need to bring in the likes of Chelsea green or the iconics. Like, as much as I would love Wait, to Chelsea see Chelsea Green was released. Yes, she was. Sign so, Chelsea Green. Yeah, like you can. <laughs> I know this like, is I, the opposite of what you're saying, <laughs> but, but like she's a tremendous talent. Uh, trained exactly. by Lance Storm, uh, she's got history with Allie. Uh, you know her Laurel Van Ness character in Impact was mm-hmm. so fun. Um, I would be thrilled to see Chelsea Green <laughs> in an AEW ring. I guess my point was it's not as desperate situation as it was six months ago where we would have said, bring them all in, bring them all in. We need more, 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 more. Um, and of all this stuff, you know, Britt Baker cut a really good promo. They're kind of using her to elevate elevation, which I think is a smart plan because one of the reasons that I never used to watch Velocity or Heat is because you never saw the big stars on them. So you're consistently getting her on that show to draw eyes, to get her win records win record up so that's good thunder rosa has a lot on her plate a lot of goals that she wants to accomplish we know how much of a badass she is and joel I'm, i know you are excited but just seeing um chris statlander back in the ring after a year we were super high on her on this podcast loved everything she did and uh she had a bit of bad luck last year she had that virus or cold or whatever that affected her uh you know, what we like, eh, that wasn't the best match that we thought she could do. And then before she had a chance to prove it, she, she was it the ACL was the ACL. I think so. Yeah. Torn ACL yeah. or and then she had the leg. ACL. I, mean, so. I know it was a, you're out for a year kind of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great to see her back. I, we've talked about it last week, but I love the pairing here with the best friends. I think the goofiness of her character fits the kind of goofiness that we get with these guys. But, um, as we've seen with the best friends over the last few months, we know they can turn serious when they need be. So I'm excited to see when Statlander has to turn that on and go with, you know, be a bit serious for a while. So I I think it's overall really good stuff here for the women's division night and day to spring 2020 in terms of what they have going on. So just feeling really good about it. Yeah, I agree. It's great to have uh, our our resident alien back booping people Mm -hmm. on TV. And uh, I think she's actually gained a step. She looked quicker in this match. Mm -hmm. She seemed to be hitting the ropes and running faster in the ring. 
And, you know, we see this all the time, you know, somebody comes back from rehabbing an injury, and they look better, because they've simply been focusing on their body the entire time and getting in that top level fitness, she's in killer shape right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, you know, someone who was very strong and powerful before. So uh, it doesn't look like she lost anything. uh, And it definitely looks like she's, you know, gained some speed and some precision. So she's going to, she's really young. She's going to continue to grow and become a better wrestler. So she's good right now. She's going to get better. And uh, that's an exciting prospect for this division. I love the new look. Uh, I found it really striking that she's got that green patch on her face. And then the really, really bright contact lens Mm -hmm. in one eye, really cool look. And, uh, you know, I thought orange Cassidy coming out to the pixies was fitting it sounded <laughs> even better for Chris Statlander, you know, coming yeah. out with this alien gimmick. I I love it. So uh, looking forward to, to getting more from her. And we had one other really good women's match on this card mm-hmm. as well between Red Velvet and Jade Cargill. Uh, I thought the finish looked impactful uh, that she's using a, a version of the Widow's Peak. Shouts to Victoria, totally underrated wrestler. Uh, and... I thought the uh, suicide dive from Red Velvet was mm-hmm. incredible. She really got going. I mean, that was, you know, reminiscent of of like a Darby Allen kind of dive. Yeah. And uh, really, really good job by Jade to uh, catch her there. So obviously Jade's still green, but she's capable of going out and with the right dance partner having a really good match. So I look forward to more from from both of these competitors. Yeah, the, the size uh, contrast was significant tonight like jay cargill looked looked so much taller so much bigger but um their styles really work together and you can tell that um god both of them look better from their last match in terms of running just everything technical wise the the moves i thought uh, i know i know they've been aw's been really focused on developing them um to get them to this point and the fact that they went from doing a celebrity match and they carried that match to then going on and having their own match where they had no, t- no, no one to tag to. I, I think it shows just the development here. And that match was only a few weeks ago. So to see this from then to now, it's, it's really impressive. I think they have two real budding stars here. It's getting to the point where I'm worried, like, okay, which one of these women is a, is WWE going to try and poach at some point? <laughs> like, um, because the, the talent's getting so good. Like I, I always worry. I'm like, Oh, Brit, come on, stay in AEW. I, Jade Cargill looks like a WWE style performer that they would want just the look, the marketability there. So um, I guess that's a good thing. You know, it's like I play a lot of dynasty sports and when people start sending you a bunch of offers for your players, it, you must be doing something good. So I, uh, I do, <laughs> I am worried that they're going to get poached here at some point, but luckily they're building up the death where I think they can potentially handle, handle it. So um, I think we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't note that uh, within the women's division, there was also a release in AEW mm-hmm. this week. Ivelisse was uh, released. And uh, I don't think this really surprised anyone in the uh, wrestling community. Um, she's kind of has a track record of showing up and getting a little bit of fanfare. And then, uh, not really fitting in in the locker room and Mm -hmm. uh, getting kicked to the curb. So uh, I'm not shocked at this. I'm a little disappointed because I had hoped that this far into her career that, you know, 
that would be behind her, but evidently not. And yeah, it's tough too because we, you know, we've only really seen her statement. We haven't really heard much, but she was a you know talking about some mistreatment, and I know she was at the performance center when all the Bill DeMont stuff went down too. So, um, yeah, it's a bummer because I really liked Eva Lee's and I really like what uh, what she and Diamante did um, last year. So it's a shame, but you know what? It probably is a sign of the division too, where like we look at it, man, if she really isn't fitting in here or there is a problem, we have depth now where we're not losing out on one. Like last year we had her in probably our top five AEW women competitors in the summer just because of all the injuries and all the COVID related stuff. So um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case now. So yeah, good luck with your future endeavors. Ivelisse, I'm sure we'll see you on a, a TV or indie show near us soon. So you mentioned a, uh, that Jade and red velvet's first big match on dynamite was in a celebrity match. And we had another celebrity involvement on dynamite this week with Mike Tyson as the special guest enforcer, uh, for the Chris Jericho Dax Harwood match. And uh, I thought this was an, an interesting one. And I liked the way that he was involved. I liked that he wasn't the referee. I felt like that would have been a disaster. Yep. <laughs> uh, what did you think about Mike Tyson's involvement on Dynamite? So Mike Tyson's a very charismatic guy. We've seen it in TV, movies. He was kind of boring on the mic. And I don't know if he was getting close enough to the mic, but I had trouble hearing him. And when he had the list that he does, like <laughs> you need to be loud so we can understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. And I'm not trying to make fun of him for that, but I just don't think he was really used well um, in the promo segments. I think the match itself, he's an intimidating factor. I like that. He kind of played it down the line at first. And then when all hell broke loose, kind of changed his mind. Um, but I thought this was a good use of him if you're going to use him because I don't need to see Mike Tyson in a match. I don't think it would work. Like you said, don't want him as a referee because celebrity referees always stink <laughs> unless it's a wrestler who's doing the refereeing. So I was glad that wasn't the case. Um, and yeah, you know when you have Tyson on camera, you know <laughs> the payoff is him punching someone. And I thought he killed Cash. <laughs> yeah, Cash Wheeler got absolutely blasted in the face with that forearm. And I, I think it's it's not outside of the realm of possibility that if Tyson had actually punched him instead of hitting him with the meaty forearm area, that uh, Cash might have been out cold. Because, <laughs> I mean, that was a loud hit. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, he went down and sold that really well. So that was fun. Uh, but in general, I thought this was kind of a fun match where we had, you know, different people trying to get involved throughout, mostly Sammy Guevara and Cash Wheeler. And then, you know, of course, it all broke down when MJF got involved and came out and then everybody came out and it all broke down into complete chaos. But I did not really expect to enjoy this match or this segment and it really worked for me. So, uh, so far so good for this new look, new version inner circle. And, uh, I, I think the beard is a good choice for Jericho. I think he, uh, yeah. he looks better with the beard. No, he really does. He, he kind of, and like where you could see his hair was up with like a, what's it called? A, a tie. I kind of got some like old school back in the day um jericho vibes with it and i don't know man 
I guess a beard and hair just makes it look like you've lost 20 pounds or something. Cause I think he, he's looked better since they've come back too. So, um, yeah, I, I will say if you're going to have factions like AEW does, you got to have, you got to mix it up, you know? So I liked Dax versus versus Jericho. That wasn't a match I thought we'd see. And it was a fun match. Like it was good. They had, they work well together. So I think if you can kind of play with the pieces here over the next few weeks, like I would really love to see a um, FTR versus Proud and Powerful in a tag match. Haven't seen that. I think it'd be awesome. Um, Sammy Guevara versus like Wardlow, I think would be an incredible match. So if we're going to do this faction war and we're going to build up to blood and guts, just give us these one-offs and give us these little, don't give us the full-fledged everyone versus everyone. Let's just get a taste of it. And then blood and guts is where we see the five versus five and all hell break loose. So also we still need to see Wardlow versus Hager at some point. That's a like, pay-per-view main event level match troll. We're not putting that on free TV. So okay. we got to wait for Wardlow to have the TNT title or the, the AEW championship for that one. <laughs> I mean, if they're trying to get all of this stuff done before the blood and guts match, then yeah, that could probably happen in the next few weeks. Like if they really want blood and guts to end this, then we, we need to get that. Cause I'm, I need a Haas fight in my life, man. Ever since we saw that Haas battle Royal in New York city, I've been craving more Haas in my life. <laughs> Weird sentence. I know, but all right, well, let's uh, let's segue out to lightning round and, and rescue you from your awkwardness. I don't need rescuing. <laughs> lightning round. I love the overbook mania of the main event, Joel. How many different people came out during this match? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure you and I were there. I, I think there oh, were, yeah. you know. That many people. In the background. It was, there were a lot of people. This was uh, a little bit insane. But when you have a false count anywhere match, and you're, you know, you have two of the the larger factions within the company kind of involved. Uh, because the Hardy family office was involved, thereby the Dark Order is also involved, and uh, Sting is of course buddy buddy with Darby Allen. So. Yeah, a lot of moving parts here, but they Lance managed, Archer. Well, you know, he's got beef with Sting. So, <laughs> you know, there's there's all these different connections. But I, I think what they managed was to actually still have a cohesive match that happened through the chaos. And our focus would get diverted away to this or that that was happening. But it was always brought back around to Matt Hardy and Darby Allen and... Again, theme of the night, there were moments where I thought, oh, maybe Darby's actually going to drop the title here. You know, Matt Hardy just lost his father. And so, you know, sometimes you'll see that where, okay, a wrestler just went through a thing. So let's give them a big moment. And honestly, it wouldn't be that awful to see uh, someone like a Matt Hardy take the belt off of Darby Allen and then the have a focused feud about Darby trying to regain the title. So um, I thought this was a really well put together match. And of course, you know, Darby got the living hell beaten out of him. I mean, as always, as one Darby Allen does two minutes, less than two minutes into the match. And he's already marked up from getting blasted with chair shots. Yeah. I thought if you're going to have Matt Hardy work, I think this is a great style of match to do it in. Um, because it didn't require a ton of athleticism, which we know he 
He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest anymore, but give the man credit. He knows how to jump through a table. He now knows how to get put through a table. Um, and I thought this was, yeah, this was really fun. This was um, kind of what you, you we we saw with Matt Hardy throughout his career. So, um, yeah, and Darby Allen doing the, the coffin drop off of the giant scaffolding had some very Shane McMahon vibes from our childhood. So overall, it was fun. A lot of people involved, a lot of people. Um, that would be my only thing is it kind of felt jumbled at times, but I think they did what they needed to do. And I like that they give the TNT title match uh, main event slots often. Um, it's If you're seeing it defended on Dynamite, most of the time it's in the main event, So, um, which I think is a good thing. So uh, I want to talk real quick about, is it Anthony Agogo? Agogo? Yep. Mm-hmm. I love the finish of him just blasting that guy in the gut and them having to call the match. What a way to put over that. You have a bronze medalist boxer in your company now. I thought that was great. I loved it. Um, would Maybe would have preferred if it was like a shot to the head to just knock and clean out, but the impact of a gut shot like that, we've all been hitting the gut. It, lose lose all your wind. You can't move. So I thought it was a, a very well done uh, spot to show us how big of a deal this guy is. And uh, props. I, have you seen the factory's like T-shirt and logo design? I actually dig it. It looks sweet. Uh, I thought that Anthony Agogo's logo itself was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, it's his name arranged to look like the Olympic rings, and yeah. that's super cool. So it, it totally works with you know who else could could do that, right? His name is O G O G O, so it actually <laughs> it actually works to yeah. to assemble all that together and then surround it with the kind of laurel wreath situation. So um, I want to see more from him. Obviously, he's been training to transition from boxing to wrestling, mm-hmm. and uh, he looks great. He's got a, a honestly reminiscent of Kurt Angle kind of physique, where he's got a really big body. His limbs mm-hmm. are not. Uh, proportional in terms of what we usually see, excuse me, from professional wrestlers. So uh, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how he develops and what style he ultimately takes on, because if he just goes out and punches people, that's going to get old really quick. Mm -hmm. But if he can develop into a real mat technician who also has a killer right hand, like I'm here for that. That's my kind of wrestler. So yeah, and if the next few weeks is QT Marshall showing off members of the factory, uh, I think that's that's going to be effective before the Nightmare family comes back for vengeance. Get these guys over, show what they can do. Wouldn't be surprised if we see was it Camarado and was it Solo? I can't Solo Solo compete in the next few weeks here too with the same type of put them over, show some spots, get the win. Um, but yeah, so Joel got something for me here in lightning round. Yeah. Last thing for me is, um, Miro being like, meh, screw all of you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going for gold. Yeah. Uh, kind of want to see that Miro Darby Allen match. Um, just think of all the, how high, who do you think could throw Darby Allen farther Miro or Lance Archer? Ah, my money's on Miro. Like, I'm thinking, 
I, I watched Titanic last night. So, you know, the spinning meme where they just like put people opposite of Rose spinning. I just want to put Darby Allen opposite of Rose spinning because I literally think they could just launch this guy into the fucking atmosphere with uh, Miro um, going after gold. And it, that makes that's the most makes the most sense for gold here. There's not much other gold he can go for, even though I would love him to be like, hey, Taz, I want that FTW championship. I'm better than Cage. I just I have those two cool, go at actually. it. Yeah. Um, I'm just reviewing my notes here, trying to see what we, what we have left. Um, yeah, I think I'm kind of, I, I was a little, yeah, no, I think, I, I think I'm at it. I think I'm done, dude. I think I got everything. That was not the smoothest transition to end the show. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think we talked about pretty much everything. Um, I don't, I didn't see anything announced for next week, so I'm not sure if there's anything that you're looking forward to, but I do know that we're only about two and a half weeks away from that Blood and Guts mini pay-per-view, so I'm sure we'll get some more high-profile matches here going forward. Um, damn. We, even with my little break, we're at 36 minutes. I feel like we should talk more. <laughs> <laughs> so what's for dinner? Oh, I uh, chicken and rice, guys. Did I take you there when you were here? It's like a Mediterranean Euro. It's, so it's like shaved meat. But um, so I did get the chicken and lamb over rice and a salad. And it's yeah. Sounds Next great. time you come up, I'll, I'll take you up to there. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite places to eat. There used to be more of them. But uh, with COVID, I think there's only one or two locations left now. But they do food trucks, too. So you see their food trucks pop up everywhere. Nice everywhere so oh joel welcome to the vaccination club you got your first one right sir yes indeed I'll be, how you uh, feeling uh completely fine now um my arm felt like it hurt someone dude. had punched the hell out <laughs> of it dead arms it's like marrow just dead arming you um, yeah i mean i was able to use it like i, I didn't have any um days where like i didn't feel like i could use my arm like i did push-ups over the weekend and stuff it was mm-hmm. not a problem but yeah i you know it was sore like getting a tetanus shot yeah i remember when i got my second one like just lifting up to my like make my shoulder like lifting it up like it's it's like oh that does not feel good so um but you know what that's the only thing no big deal so joel can't wait for you to get your second one and then we can we can share a soda you know, share a straw or something. So it's going to be, I'm going to delete that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no. My joke is like, I can't wait to just like lick faces, but um, yeah. So no, so that's, that's a good thing. And um, Joel, we, we haven't had video game talk here in a while, but I'm enjoying the hell out of Outriders, even how with how bad <laughs> of a game <laughs> it can be at times. There's so a lot I of good the, in it. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I wish the bugs were more like hilarious and less game breaking. Annoying. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't want to crash to the main menu of my console every you know hour and a half of playing like uh oh i have a loading screen coming up am i gonna make it i might yeah. not make it uh um, there's there's a funny clip from the other night when i played with kenny i was shooting and all of a sudden my character was floating like i was like probably 10 feet off the ground and we have on on, on twitch of him looking at me and me like he's saying 
hey, Chris, am I floating? And he looks at me. I'm like, I'm like 20 feet into the air. (laughs) I didn't use any moves that put me up that high. The game just sent me into space. And the next thing I know, my body comes crashing back down to Earth or sorry, Echo, Econ or wherever we are. So it and when he he just helped me bust through some some of the campaign stuff. When you skip the campaign and then you like have to watch a few forced ones and you're like, I don't know who this character is or why I'm getting emotional, but some of the lines in this movie, it's like a B movie, dude. It's like a B movie. It's so bad at times, but I literally laughed for 20 minutes after a cutscene the other night because it was so goddamn funny. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I feel bad. Like, shitting on the dude but whoever did the voice acting for the oh god the main the male, male protagonist it's like so bad oh my god like and i know it's hard right because yeah you're doing these long recording sessions you don't typically have any context you're not working with other actors you're just saying these lines with cues for yeah, this is what your emotional state is when you're reading this line. Mm-hmm. And you also have to do, spend a ton of time recording like grunts and yells and like cries of pain and things like that when you do voice acting for a video game. So it's, you know, it, it's it's kind of an awful experience to be a video game voice actor. Uh, so I, I don't want to shit on him, but like this is a terrible performance. Don't worry. He's not the only one. That scene where I laugh my ass off. I'll let you know. We'll play through it together because I want you can't skip it. You can't skip it. So you have to watch it. Um, and, and in all seriousness, no, the game is fun. Like there's a lot to like in the game. Uh, it's it's a fun shooter. It's a fun RPG. Um, we, we we've probably put in what four or five hours together on it since it came out. Yeah, thereabouts. You know, so like it's replayable because like I've gone back to play missions with you. My friends have come back to play missions with me. So like. There's definitely a lot to like, but man, they got to clean some of the stuff up. But um. so one thing happened, which was super fun. Um, I was playing a quest and I got all the way to the end and the boss spawned and then immediately died. So <laughs> did you get loot? I didn't shoot him at all. <laughs> and you know how the damage numbers will pop up when you yeah. do damage. It just popped up like 7,000 over their head for no reason. Like you there drop were no like a traps. nuke on this I guy. I didn't have anything <laughs> deployed. It just like he appeared out of the like bunker thing and then just boom, dead like that. <laughs> oh man. I love it. It's so damn funny. So guys, I think, Oh, I think the other wrestling show is endorsing outriders. If not just for the fun that happens when you play this stupid game. So um check well, it out it, friend of the pod chris kinney uh the cutscenes are dumb as butts but uh it's a fun <laughs> game anyway dumb as butts all right guys you can follow us on facebook and instagram at the other wrestling show twitter at ows underscore pod you can find us on apple podcasts i not itunes tune in spotify stitcher wherever you get your podcasts we're there you can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com and uh yeah, Joel, anything else before I enjoy my lamb and chicken euro combo? Uh, other than that you should join the Dark Order? No. Join the Dark Order. Bye. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.